If I'm being honest, the only reason I get triggered by No Sabo kids is when they start wanting to be the center of the conversation. The center. <laughs> the yes. center of the conversation where they are like, well, you have to comfort my feelings right now. And when you speak Spanish, I feel insecure. Oh, okay, that type of center. Yeah. I feel okay. insecure because you're speaking Spanish and I don't know if I can speak Spanish. I don't know if you're going to make fun of my accent and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, literally, I, all growing up in the United States, I was told my Spanish was ghetto. But you want to be the center of attention right now because you think I'm going to make fun of you? Like, it seems like a projection. You know I can't help but because they know they can never touch this. So baby, let me talk my shit or I might just go another fit. What's good, y'all? I am Donovan, and welcome to Stranger Fruit. We are hyped that you are here with us as we wrap up our three-part series exploring what does it mean to be Latino enough? This works as a standalone episode, but if you haven't listened already, we wouldn't blame you if you wanted to check out episodes 14 and 15 first. Now, for all of you joining us for the first time, Stranger Fruit is a one-of-a-kind video podcast experience where you get to listen in as some of the most brilliant young voices from the black and brown diaspora bring you unfiltered, thought-provoking conversations. We unpack and debate an array of fascinating topics from politics and race to pop culture, media, and the music that moves us. Now listen, we may not always agree, but we are confident that conflict and compassion are a great recipe for empathy. If you find yourself wanting to put a face to these names and voices, you can find us on YouTube in all our Technicolor glory. That's right. Hola, mi gente. I'm Constanza Eliana, and you already got a tiny taste of today's episode topic where we go into the concept of the No Sabo Kids. Now, this is obviously a very triggering subject for a lot of people who are Latina but don't speak the language. So we did our best to manage the conversation with that in mind. We do believe in empathy over here, but we also kept it super real and did not hold back. Oh, I am so ready for this conversation. This whole series has already been so enlightening and we believe it is important we take the time to understand people's lived experiences to gain a better understanding of how identity shapes a person's perspective and reality. With that being said, remember opinions are not facts. So as you're listening to today's episode, keep that in mind. We encourage you to do your own research. Absolutely. And as a reminder, today's panel is very racially and ethnically diverse. Michelle is an Afro-Guatemalan and Jamaican. Jose is a non-binary Mexicano and Salvadoreño. And Daisy is today's resident Blanquita Mexicana Chola. So we began this episode covering our thoughts on being Latino and our relationship to language and culture, and also the role of appropriation in the U.S. of Latino culture. Remember, we do at times speak Spanish in this episode, so if you would like to see the translation of what is being said, please go check out the video version on our YouTube channel. Okay, let's get into it. I was asked this question on a different podcast, a podcast that we did uh, as a collaboration, and I was asked, are you still Latino if you don't speak Spanish? What do we think? <laughs> yes. You mm -hmm. know, and I think because... Um, there's just so many aspects to culture. Are you allowed to holler at your parents? You know, yeah. <laughs> talk back to your yeah, parents. You know, oh my back. god! Um, right. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> you know, just even like the food, the the music. You know, the music, the way you were like, what does that have to do with whether you and your siblings speak in English to each other, and mm -hmm. you know, your parents 
learned English and that's how you communicate. That's just one way to communicate. Right. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be just the marker Mm -hmm. or define definitively like who you are because there's just so much that you're that's like a part of you. Yeah. And I don't know if people are allowed to throw like Irish parades like 400 years later, you know what I mean? Like, why can't we? (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. But yeah, it's just it's hard because and I was telling you that I was part of like this sponsored post, got hired by a brand and the comments like a white woman taking advantage of, you know, Mexican Mexican culture culture and artisans and all this stuff. And it just gets, it's like, um, there's like very heavy conversations and people are just, they feel really free to attack very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And people really sometimes don't take into account any nuance or anything. It's just kind of like attack, attack, attack. And that's how, how I feel. And, And then there's also the people that feel maybe like a type of like resentment mm. or rage if they're, you know, for me, like, oh, if you're still like in Mexico or you're, you're, you grew up with a certain type of struggle and you're imagining this other life that we as immigrants are living here because we're just all wealthy and just, you know, <laughs> rich or whatever. Right. Um, but the struggles are different. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Everybody is living different experiences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're so wrapped up in what we're going through that we don't see like that there's other people going through something else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you want to like, no, like this is mine. Like you're not allowed mm-hmm. to have this thing that's mine because I have to like be here and fight the government and do this and that and the other. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, but like, I'm over here fighting this government, you know? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, Right. It, you know, but, and I don't know why it, it doesn't take away anything from you. Like, you're not any less whatever just because there's somebody else in another country who, like, also identifies. There's there's not, like, a a finite amount of, like, yeah. Latinidad out in the world that you're just right. going to, like, strip me away from my, like, my sazon or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you have some, too. Right. But some yeah. people are just very angry, you know, and it's, they are. And it's easier to hate on an individual or a certain type of person than actually look at, like, the bigger yes. issues. You yeah. know what's so funny? And I, I think that it goes... And also the, the the fact that, like, the entitlement to opinion or the gatekeepers of Latinidad, oh, the- and it's like, you do realize you're replicating very American discourse, mm-hmm. right? Like... Individualism, individualism is a, a, col- a colonial and Americanized thing. 100%. Yeah. So it's quite interesting because I think, you know what? I might have responded like that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And until, like, I realized that the conversation about racialization in Mexico is so different from the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not helpful for anyone to go into Mexico with an American racialized lens mm-hmm. because it doesn't up, it doesn't work like that in mm-hmm. Mexico, right? And and so in that learning, I feel like I've learned to find more compassion mm-hmm. for white presenting um, yeah. Latinos, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what, okay, so one of the things that I love to do is call that shit out. Like actual <laughs> white American or Euro- white Europeans appropriating our culture, I do call that shit out constantly on my Instagram. And that's kind of a thing that I've been known for. Like, people will constantly send me people's accounts and be like, this bitch and blah, blah, blah. La Rosalia dices tú. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go there a different (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I can totally understand that for somebody who is actually Mexican, who is living in the United States in in a uh, social media experience that is very much Americanized, Europeanized, colonized, that you might receive a comment like that from ignorant people who don't realize that Mexicans are also white 
They are also black. They are also brown, right? So you actually have to dive a little bit deeper into somebody before you can start putting the appropriation label onto them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not surprised that that would happen to you, but I also think it's indicative of the fact that we are in a culture that thrives on appropriation and that there are so many people like myself who get very triggered when we see white people making salad recipes that are actually pozole or like actually elotes mm -hmm. and they're calling it something else. <laughs> or like, uh, what's her name? She's married to Bieber. Haley. Haley Bieber. Mm -hmm. Bieber. And her doing like really that comes from Cholo culture. Her doing a little like calling it the brownie donut lipstick <laughs> trend or whatever. Oh my God. But that came from Cholo culture. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think a lot of people, rightfully so, get really triggered when they see a certain type of person that looks a certain type of way, and their immediate response is trauma, rather than being like, okay, but actually, let me take a look <laughs> deeper and see like, is this brand actually owned by a Mexican person? or a Latino person. It's like you said, it's a lot easier to just dump the hate rather than to like actually investigate and really check yourself. I've had to check myself a couple times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's also too, and it's also like a lot of uh, American Latin people or yeah. that go really straight for the jugular. Yeah. And it's usually like, as someone who was born in Mexico, I'm like, yeah, but ma'am, but now you're here too. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Is that, are you now better because you were born in Mexico, but now you're in Texas or whatever? Right. Does that give you more of a right to, you know, an opinion? As be a to, gatekeeper. Yeah, to be a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. Because it's those things that some people are just like very... I don't know. And it's it's hard having a, a brand, too. And in my brand is called, you know, El Cholo's Kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people are thinking, like, oh, like, now you're just, like, appropriating Cholo. I'm like, <laughs> it's El Cholo's Kid because my dad's nickname is El Cholo. And they yeah. called me in the neighborhood. Ah, El, El Cholo. Cholo. El Cholo. Ah, El Cholo's Kid. Yeah. No, but people mm -hmm. are just like, oh, no, you, like, took that from someone. And it's just like, wow. Girl, like, I'm yeah. It's that. Yeah. And when you, yeah. and I wasn't like when I, when I first started my brand, people are like, you should really change the name. You should, mm. Cholo's Kid, you should change the name because, you know, first of all, people can't pronounce that. You, people, you can pronounce that because you're from California and maybe white people in California can pronounce it, but people somewhere else, like, how are you going to, that, you that gonna, assimilation yeah, that are you to assimilate? Yeah. yeah. How are you going to grow? And I told them, I was like, mm, I mean, I'm, I've always been, I've been a narcissist, guys. You know, I was like, <laughs> it has to be everything about me. So, but now, and I tell people, I was like, well, now I've got, you know, white ladies in Minnesota. And mm -hmm. the first time they butcher my name when they tag me on Instagram, but the second time they learned how to say a Cholo's kid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we all, we all learn. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be so like, you know, yeah, close to the vest that right. you can't. Yeah. share culture exactly know? yeah exactly. yeah and i'm suspicious of those questions <laughs> i'm suspicious of what people are up to yeah but in sitting here i was thinking like oh well what would it feel like in my body right because i speak spanish and i connect mostly with my latino community like i dance salsa like and i feel you know i even feel like left out sometimes because i, I want to be able to have like i i wish that i could speak like like have the accent of like growing up in Puerto Rico or you know like I love the accent I love we do but, have the best accent might I yes <laughs> agree to disagree yeah. yeah and I have and the the, the salseras that I'm that I I love that I learned from they're from Puerto, Puerto Rico you know so I'm like 
I wish I was them. You know, I wish I could sound like them. You also don't want to pronounce your S's. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But when I think about, but I did grow up in, in uh, like, within the culture of Guatemala, right? I don't know why I'm speaking like this, but <laughs> I'm clearly trying to manage myself. But what I'm trying to say is when I'm in a, in a space with someone and we're communing, communing around um, Latinidad or like what it means to speak Spanish. Like I, in my body, do feel some type of way when someone is Latino, identifies as Latino and they don't speak Spanish. That because it's just a natural like, <laughs> side eye Girl, side eye I'd be judging or when they be trying yes. you know like and so I have judgments Let's I want to I have Let's judgments because that was going to be a question that I had I was like how do we feel about No Sabo Kids because No Sabo Kids are writing articles about you know uh, I'm going to sound very judgmental now Eliana before you go in on these people <laughs> please let us know what the hell is a No Sabo Kid Okay, okay, so let me explain what a Nosabo kid is for those who may not be aware. This is typically a Latin person from a Spanish-speaking country who does not speak the language at all or who does speak it but speaks it in a foreign accent, somebody who doesn't sound native when they speak Spanish. The gag here is that Nosabo is a misuse of no sé, which means I don't know. But typically, somebody who doesn't speak Spanish will use the wrong term when they attempt to speak the language. So that's where No Sabo Kid comes from. I actually recently saw a great example of this online where a woman was going viral on social media for giving a Gen Z explanation and history of Cinco de Mayo. And at the end, she said, preguntas? Which means, have any questions? <laughs> now, for an American, that might sound like a perfectly great pronunciation of the word, but for native speakers, we can actually spot that pronunciation from a mile away because how you actually pronounce it is preguntas. So because our culture is the way that it is, and of course social media is extremely savage, the No Sabo Kids conversation has kind of dominated the internet and Latinos who don't speak Spanish or don't speak it with a native accent have been getting a lot of attention for their opinion pieces on the subject, which is why we are bringing it up in this conversation. Okay, got you, got you. Well, check this out. According to a Pew Research study, the share of Latinos who speak Spanish at home declined from 78% in 2000 to 68% in 2021. Among the U.S. born, this share has decreased from 66% to 55%. Things are definitely changing. Yes, I saw that. And it goes to show just how much the culture changes in the diaspora. I have lived in the South, the Midwest, the North, and now the West Coast. And I have seen how Latinos in different regions of the U.S. have a very complicated relationship with Latinidad and Spanish. Some refuse to teach their children because they want them to be fully assimilated. And others, like my parents, refuse to stop teaching their kids Spanish so that they will actually keep their culture intact. And at the end of the day, it obviously all goes back to trauma and, of course, white supremacy. Wow. Thanks for the tea. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Daisy is about to tell us about her experience being called a Nosabo kid. Ooh. 
I was called a no sabo kid. You were called a no sabo kid. Yeah, the same people. But you speak Spanish. I have a literal certificate (laughs) from the Academia Real Española that says I'm mastery in Spanish. (laughs) I literally was like, should I get this? This Should should this be my next TikTok? Just like zooming into this. Right, like the proof. You have the proof. But even so, you know, when I was talking to, because you have to go to the consulate and to get this, but whatever. (laughs) And And he said, you know, He's like the fastest growing Spanish. Him from like Academia. It's like is is American Spanish. Your Spanish, you know. What? That's that's what the it no is. Sab- like that the the no, no sabo Spanish. No, that the the, <laughs> the Spanish kind of like the Spanglish. You know what I mean? Oh, we're Spanglish. Kind of yeah, yeah, Blend yeah. things mm-hmm. and whatever that we're like not all. Little. Yeah, uh-huh. we're not all speaking right. the official. That's so interesting because, like, like I said, literally, no sabo kids are writing articles about like how this. It's so, it's so. Um, I don't want to sound judgmental, but we're just gonna be honest here. To me, it sounds like victimization. That they are. <laughs> like, I don't want to start a war, but I'm starting a war right now. Um, I have no issue with people who don't speak Spanish who are Latino. I have no issue with that. I think for uh, for many years I stopped speaking Spanish because I was just so sick and tired of hearing people being like, "Oh, tell me this in Spanish and tell me that." Like I was being tokenized because I spoke Spanish almost in a way. And then the second reason was because not all people speak the same type of Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I was um, in Texas and now here, there's a lot of Mexicans that I was being surrounded by. And our Spanish Don't isn't Don't say surrounded like that. Our Spanish isn't the same. No. And so I didn't want to say a word that in Puerto Rico means one thing and then you're going to be offended by it because it means something totally different. And also, they've always made fun of us because I, I hung out with Dominicans and the Mexicans would t- say that we were ghetto, like we speak ghetto Spanish. That's what they would say. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, for a long time, I just rejected speaking Spanish at all. Anytime somebody was like, ¿Habla español? No, I don't, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Not because I couldn't, but because I was just kind of tired of the tokenization of it. But if I'm being honest, the only reason I get triggered by No Sabo Kids is when they start wanting to be the center of the conversation. The center. <laughs> the yes. center of the conversation where they are like, well, you have to comfort my feelings right now. And when you speak Spanish, I feel insecure. Oh, okay, that type of center. Yeah. I feel okay. insecure because you're speaking Spanish and I don't know if I can speak Spanish. I don't know if you're going to make fun of my accent and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, literally, I, all growing up in the United States, I was told my Spanish was ghetto. Right. But you want to be the center of attention right now because you think I'm going to make fun of you? Like, it seems like a projection. So, you know, I don't know. Like, how do y'all feel about that? I know we don't have a lot of time, but how do y'all feel about that? Because I think No Sabo kids are really misinterpreting what we're saying. 100. And they feel like, they're being misinterpreted. So, like, what is our relationship to that? Like, how do we thrive as a community without the victimizing? I feel like it's about listening. Yeah. I feel because because my partner is an Osabo kid. Mm-hmm. And there's a trauma there. There's a sense of rejection because she doesn't speak Spanish. And, yeah. and because what she gets is like, pero tienes en opal en la cara o en la cabeza, right? Like, you can yeah. see that, that she's Mexican to some people. And but she doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. And so for me, I think it's hard to be with that sometimes because there's so much there, right? There's so many narratives there. So for me, it's been like, oh, I'm judging right now. <laughs> yeah. Let me listen. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me listen and let me like not forget 
that she's a person and that she has her own experience. But I've never, I haven't experienced the that type of centering with with like my feelings. But I do feel that if it's your partner, if it's a friend, right? There's a different conversation when it's a close person to like the internet. Mm. So when it's like your partner, then I want to make space for for the centering. Mm -hmm. Like I would like that. And then I want to bring myself. And if there's no capacity for that, then I'll I'll note that. But I want to be in the mess with my closest people. Internet with the Nosabo kids on writing articles, that's a that's a different like level of I even feel skill to be in to write back to make comments on. But yeah. for me, I feel like it's a relational repair mm -hmm. that needs to happen that most of us don't have a lot of capacity or skill to do. <laughs> yeah. right. I would agree. I, I feel very similar to you where I, that centralization around that experience, I think it's also part of the fact that we, this generation or the current place that we're living in is super upset with trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hate trauma bonding. Like, let's do some heal bonding. Yes. Like, let's recognize each other at the trauma, but let's bond over the healing. Yes. So I feel like the article I'm going to write, because there's an outline, but the article <laughs> I'm going to write is <laughs> called... Do no sabo, pero yo sí sé. You know what I mean? Like, and rather than thinking of, because what you're saying is that we're not getting to the real cause yeah. of like, the reason why we're not going to invalidate your Spanish because a lot of the history that you alluded to, Daisy, right? Like the reasons why people were stigmatized or told that they couldn't speak Spanish, like you also talked about. Talk about the systemic structure that led to the condition you're writing about now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Don't do the mm -hmm. trauma dumping. Like, let's have that conversation mm -hmm. and then let's do over here. Because I think for me, I take a lot of joy in being able to speak Spanish really well and to mm -hmm. speak Mexican and Salvadorian Spanish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to be in it and being mm -hmm. like, dude, my, to me, my ability to speak and write Spanish has been a place of bridging yeah. and mm -hmm. belonging as opposed to this. I'm going to write that as they. <laughs> do it. Please do. Well, my actual Instagram bio says Sabotodo Kid. That oh, yes. Just so that people don't get confused. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's that is that's what it is. But and also, and like I said, growing up, you, you do see okay, like language, blah, blah, blah. but now anything you want to learn is available to you. Exactly, that's the thing. Like yes. growing up, it's different because okay, blah, blah. but now if, if you as a grown person say, "I want this for me," mm -hmm. now you have plenty of resources and plenty of meetup groups, YouTube groups, Zoom chats, blah, yes. blah, that someone, a fluent person directly in your face will will help you in yeah. a safe learning space because they're teachers and they that's what they love doing. Yep. So at some point you say either I don't want to learn and I'm fine with it, which is okay, whatever, or I do want to learn. But there's no, there's no, the in between of like, oh, but I'm suffering. Like, I no. I can't learn. I can't. No, we all, we're all. I get made fun of. It's like, of we're it. all getting made fun of. I'm I was made fun of because I had an accent. Then when I didn't have an accent, I was made fun of the way that I spoke Spanish. And then when, the, when I did speak Spanish, it was all, tu eres la gringa. And I, like, we all get made fun of for one way or another. Human beings suck. <laughs> Welcome to the culture, by the way. Welcome, what we do. Yeah. Oh, Welcome to being a someone. human being. <laughs> I say that no, I like but, people, but I don't like humanity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's what I mean about, that's, this is exactly actually what I mean about listening, right? Mm -hmm. When it's a close person and they're bringing in like their, what we label as like them being victims, it's kind of like, well, how can, for me, it's like, how do I stay in my body right now and like not make that mine not, mm -hmm. or 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 go after when I'm judging I'm because I do judge um, like I go after like okay well what do you want to do next mm -hmm. exactly and, be, instead of like okay so I suffer too what now right because that would be that is where I feel like the listening part 
mm-hmm. needs to happen. Because it's hard. Because you yeah. kind of like... The oppression Olympics li- or whatever. I know. Not. It's like, who cares? You get made fun of, you just keep going. No. <laughs> you just keep going. I know. I'm so bad at this. Right? And I knew that when I brought this subject up, I was going to be the, the problematic one. <laughs> I, I was like, Eliana, no. I'm like, hey, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. When I go to the grocery store and my mom is talking to me in Spanish, any old gringa is going to come up to me saying, we don't see. We literally got kicked out, almost got kicked out of a restaurant once. I think it was an IHOP in the Midwest because we were speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. And and somebody complained to the waitress and they were like, can you can you just keep the Spanish down? Like, the, these are the types of experience that legit people are having. Yeah. I didn't have a choice, right. right? I didn't have the choice to be like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that today. It's like, you just keep, you put one foot in front of the other. I, do, I can't victimize myself because the moment that I do, it's literally the end of the world. Yeah. If I stack up all of the oppression that I have ever faced and all of the bullying that I received and all the reasons why I don't have an accent when I speak because I was getting bullied when I was learning English, if I sit in that all day, every day, and I start writing articles and this and that, I'll die. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Literally. So I'm like, why can't we just put one foot in front of the other? Yeah, somebody might make fun of you for attempting to speak Spanish. You're being toxic. But at least you're bilingual. (laughs) <laughs> at least you have a, a, a leg up mm-hmm. they only speak one language you speak two look at you mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. try even if it's a lot como estas you know yeah. like, what's that? Mm-hmm. so you say no sabo and it's no es and we get it we get it yeah. <laughs> I don't know I just feel I feel a little triggered <laughs> I want to I want to say something about that I'm sending you my love. I know. We have like two minutes, minute. literally. What I want to say is that, that there's a, a need for uncoupling. Because yeah. when I think about that situation that you just shared, that stayed that, that stayed with you. And that's some, something that happened outside of the people that you're interacting with in that moment. Let's say yeah. if it's like me and I, and I was like a no sabo. I'm yeah. not that person at the restaurant who oppressed you or who like told you to, you know. So for me... I, there's a there's a need for uncoupling the mm-hmm. the trauma that we experience and that's where we get that's where we get not confused but where we stay when we're traumatized yeah. because of our color of skin. No, totally, totally. That's yeah, I judge in silence. Yeah. <laughs> Same, <laughs> but you still judge. Oh hell yeah! 100%. Be like, uh, uh-uh, I ain't trying to sleep with you. That's labor. Be like, uh, uh-uh, I'm trying to, you know, be cute in cachondeo in Spanish. You don't get it. No, that's labor. <laughs> I've told you know what it happens yeah. to me. Sorry, uh, it happens to me. Oh, this is where I'm problematic. It happens to me with folks who have just come out of the closet. Mm. Like if you are like 27 and it's like, oh, I came out six months ago. It's like, oh, baby, what you living? I lived through at 12. I, we can't date. That's like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think we choice. that everyone's problematic except for me. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, like like it. Abuelita, I'm interested in it. So thank you, everyone. <laughs> You know, right. <laughs> Daisy, Daisy and I go back a couple of years and she always tells me online, she's like, you know, you're the first person to tell me I'm a blanquita. Like, <laughs> I was like, I told her, I was like, I I'm feel, really trauma. I tell everybody, I was like, Eliana was the one who told me I was white. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't, you know, didn't really compute you. <laughs> it's because, you know, to you, when you grow up, white means a certain thing. It means... Mm-hmm. The white lady. The like, American. Like a, the the American yeah. white lady yeah. was like complaining about people speaking in Spanish. Yeah. Right. And so when she told me I was white, I was very upset. <laughs> then you look at your yellow skin and you're like, I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess so. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a very specific 
thing in your mind of what that is. Yeah. You know? but, but see, we're we're friends. <laughs> and we're doing great. <laughs> now Eliana be like, girl, your white side comes out. You know, Literally. it's this holy Saturday or whatever. Let us not speak. <laughs> well, I love that y'all were able to make this happen. It was so great to have you all here in this conversation. Mm. We'll definitely have to do it again. But that's it for our episode today, y'all. And we'll see you soon. Adios. That was a lot to leave you with, I know, but I hope that the conversation has given you some context on Latino culture and all the ways that we think about race, language, and our relationship to identity in the U.S. So that's it for us today. We have a whole new topic dropping next week, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening from so that you don't miss any of our future topics. That's right. And if you enjoyed this episode and the Latino Enough series, please let us know and follow us on social media at The Stranger Fruit. And also, come on, give us the tea. What do you want us to tackle next? We love hearing from you. Many people don't know that the podcast algorithm favors those with a high amount of reviews. So be sure to let us know what you think of today's episode by leaving a five-star review and get us in good favor with the algorithm gods. Until next time, y'all. Peace.